With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We have major FBI news. Julie Kelly is here. We have a general here to discuss this China-Russia partnership. What's going on in the UK? And we haven't forgotten that it's Women's Month in this country. We're going to pay homage to women. All that's coming up tonight on I'm Right. I don't want to distract anybody by, you know, little things, but you know that we have a state police, a secret police now in the United States of America. We do. It's an intelligence service now that has declared war on half the country. And when you tell people that, like, oh, when I, I, this happened to me last weekend. I was sitting around with friends, and we started talking about the FBI because something came up, and I explained to them how this has become the Cheka. They, I got all the eye rolls in the world. Jesse, what are you talking about? Jesse, what? And then I just laid out about four or five things for them, and they their jaw dropped. People don't even understand what's happening right now and how quickly it's happening and how dangerous it is. Julie Kelly has been all over this. Her reporting on what's happened just to the January 6th people alone would make your jaw drop, and she dropped a bombshell on everyone out there today. So joining me now, my friend, author of the book January 6th, Julie Kelly. Julie, what happened today? The floor is yours. Hey, Jesse. Thank you for having me on. So we had another bombshell disclosure out of the seditious conspiracy trial of five members of the Proud Boys. You'll recall uh, the judge had to suspend the trial a few weeks ago after the defense team uncovered numerous messages that talked about doctoring evidence, destroying evidence, 
snooping on communications between one defendant and his attorney well what happened yesterday jesse is even worse if you can believe it at the last minute prosecutors out of matthew graves's office the dc u.s attorney handling every single one of these cases told the defense team that one of their witnesses who was supposed to be on the stand thursday morning was actually an fbi informant not only had this person been an informant for about 20 months the entirety of the investigation but that informant routinely communicated with defense attorneys with defendants even with defendants family members apparently was involved in a prayer group uh, with the defendants families so this totally blindsided the defense even after all the you know misconduct they've seen by the government and especially the fbi in this case filed an emergency motion seeking out all of the records about this informant and uh, i believe that they will also be filing a motion soon to dismiss the entire case against uh, their defendants oh, it is prayer circle jeez okay uh, julie i know we have a lot to, a lot of ground to cover here what's the newest with the proud boys stuff so look the newest is that we know that between 10 and 15 fbi informants were run into this group months before uh january 6th now jesse you and i've talked a lot about the whitmer fednapping hoax where there were more fbi informants undercover agents and supervising agents than there were actual alleged kidnappers or defendants that's sort of shaping up to be the same thing in the proud boys case which raises two questions, Jesse. Did these FBI informants do what they did in the Whitmer fednapping hoax, which was really kind of stitch this group together, um, entice them into field training exercises, surveillance trip to Whitmer's cottages, try to get them to buy explosives, that sort of thing. Doesn't really look like it in the Proud Boys um, because of course this group has been together for years. But it raises the question, Jesse, then what were these FBI informants doing and if you had so many, why did they not tell their handlers or law enforcement that the Proud Boys were planning to attack the Capitol on January 6th and overthrow the government, which is basically what the prosecutors have accused them of. Um, but look, the judge in this case, Judge Tim Kelly, no relation to me and you, thankfully, um, and the government have tried desperately to conceal the role and the scope of FBI informants in this case, but it's really trickling out and the fact now that you had one who is intimately close with defense lawyers, just think, Jesse, you're, you have defense lawyers who are prepping this person to testify on behalf of their clients, but he's an, he's an FBI informant. What is he telling the government? What's he telling prosecutors or the FBI, say, Washington field office? Uh, the government just filed their motion, by the way, and said, oh, none of this. We we didn't even know this was an informant. We didn't know that he, she, apparently she was communicating uh, with the defendants. And, and if she was, then that's their own fault. That's what they came back with today. Julie, are we, are we seeing any or are we hopeful there are going to be any reversals of the books that's been thrown at these political prisoners out here because of new information that's come out from the video that we got the new brand new video from revelations like this are, are we talking i don't know how this legal stuff works julie are we talking mistrials are they going to get retrials or are they just going to screw them over some more what, how are we looking 
Such a great question. I will tell you, Jesse, that the most common felony charge, which is obstruction of an official proceeding, which more than 350 January Sixers uh, face that count, um, and this is the most common felony that has resulted in the most plea agreements and convictions at trial. That now is pending at the DC appellate court. Um, if that charge is thrown out, this will really derail uh, the uh, January 6th investigation by this Department of Justice. We should be hearing from the um, DC circuit, the appellate court any day now because or oral arguments were in December. So that is something to watch for. Um, but as you, now, also interestingly enough, more breaking news today, the Press Coalition, which represents more than a dozen major news corporations, finally filed in one case and asked the government and the courts to completely unseal all of the surveillance video that we've been waiting to see for over two years. As you know, if we've talked about, every clip is under a protective order. It's been designated basically classified information. Here comes the news organizations now two years later. Now they have appealed in some cases to get clips unsealed, but now they're telling the courts, look, it is time now to take the protective orders off of this entire trove we want to see it. The American people deserve to see it. Um, so, you know, I think what Tucker Carlson started a few weeks ago is really starting to have an impact uh, on these trials and the overall uh, prosecution. Gosh, I hope so. Julie Kelly, keep doing what you're doing. Appreciate you. You too, Jesse. Thanks. You know, they've still announced that they're going after a thousand more of these people. They've already busted up a thousand. They've announced they're going after a thousand more. And I'll tell you something, I don't blame the communists anymore. Like I promised you I wouldn't. The GOP has the house. We gave the GOP the house back. The FBI is still running around like this, this reckless. I blame the GOP. Why aren't they afraid? Why isn't the FBI afraid to continue this political persecution? the Republican Party, the low TGOP, that's why. All right, let's talk about our blabbering mess of a president in just a second. Before we talk about that, let's have a very frank discussion about the future. We know that things are not obviously wonderful right now. You understand that the world's largest food producers are almost all at war and or going through a drought. You know about the beef supply, the egg supply. You're watching systems that you've always relied on, that I've always relied on. You've watched, you're watching them crumble around you. This happens, right? What are we going to do, cry about it? No, we're going to be ready. We're going to be prepared. I tell you to get an emergency three-month food kit. Why? Because mine helps me sleep at night. It does. Everyone in my home has three months worth of food. At our grocery store, if everything goes to crap on us tomorrow, three months my family can figure out what to do while consuming 2,000 calories a day, courtesy of my Patriot Supply. They have all those great five-star reviews for a reason. It ships fast, it ships free, it ships anonymously. Every person in your home needs an emergency three-month food kit, every one of them. They're $200 off right now, too, each kit. So go, stock up, mypatriotsupply.com, all right? Mypatriotsupply.com. We'll be back. We lack a... I, look, I, I wanted to say we lack a seriousness there, but oddly, I think that lacks the seriousness of our problem. 
here's what I mean. As a nation, we don't, we don't focus on anything that matters anymore. And it's not as if it's just some people on the street corner, so some hippie on the corner with a sign in his hands. At the highest levels of power, at critical positions, we are focused on everything that doesn't matter. In fact, we're focused on insanity most of the time, which that in and of itself would be a problem. If America was the only country on earth and we were focused on all this crazy stuff, it would still be a big deal. But we lose sight of something as Americans because we've been number one for so long. We're used to being the best, we've been the best my whole life, been the best your whole life, no matter how old you are, that's just what we've been. We lose sight of the fact there are other major nations on this planet making moves and because we've been number one forever we forget that they want to be number one meaning they have to knock us out of that slot it's not a small thing it's a massive thing that the oil producing countries of the world are currently locking arms Xi Jinping joining arms with Vladimir Putin. At the same time, they're brokering deals with Iran, Saudi Arabia. Let's not forget they're doing military drills with Venezuela, largest oil deposits in the world. And let's throw in North Korea and their nuclear weapons as well. We won't even get into South Africa. You don't think about South Africa because it's way across the pond, full of resources. These countries are joining together and they're joining together to knock us off. They are focused on knocking us off. What are we focused on? Well, this. You know, I literally, as my sister would say, I wrote the Voskonsimil Act with my own paw. Truth protection for the underserved communities, including black and Latina, brown, and Asian American, Native Americans, Pacific Islanders, LGBTQ survivors. Remember this, when we, when, we use things, when we talk about things like Russia and China, like I just did, Iran, Venezuela, when you think about them like a country, you're probably missing the boat. I'm probably missing the boat. Xi Jinping is a human being, just like you. Vladimir Putin is a human being, just like you. And just like you, when they watch things like that on TV, they come to some conclusions. When Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin are sitting down for some uh, egg rolls and goulash or whatever those two eat when they're together, what do you think they think when they see the American... What do you think goes through their head? Do you think they think they're in a good spot to knock us out right about now? I'd say they do. When they see that the Department of Defense has a group of military doctors Department of Defense, the DOD, talking about puberty blockers for seven-year-olds. What do you think they think? Do you think they think America is ripe for the picking? They do. They read all this stuff, too. They know what's going on in this country. It's all on the news because what's going on in our country isn't even hidden. All the endless filth and idiocy we celebrate and focus on, we do it on television. Our leaders brag about it. And Xi Jinping is right there with his TV remote laughing with all his military advisors. Ha ha ha, look at America. That's the God's honest truth. When John Kirby goes on television, 
and says our foreign policy is worried about the LGBTQ thing. What do you think Vladimir Putin thinks when he watches this? And then President Biden has been uh, nothing but consistent uh, about his uh, belief, foundational belief in human rights and LGBTQ plus rights are human rights. Uh, and uh, we again, back to the earlier question, are never going to shy away, be bashful about speaking up for those rights and for uh, uh, for individuals to live as they deem fit, as they want to live. And that's something that's a core part of our foreign policy and it, and it will remain so. What do you think that new alliance of nations thinks when they watch video like that? Did you know, let me ask you something. Did you know we still have 175 Americans in Afghanistan, according to our own Secretary of State? There are uh, several Americans who are being uh, detained uh, by the, uh, the, the Taliban. Uh, we are working to secure their freedom. As we speak, uh, Americans who identify themselves to us, American citizens who identify themselves to us who are in Afghanistan, some of whom have been there since uh, the uh, withdrawal, some of whom went back to Afghanistan, uh, there are about, uh, that we're in contact with, about 175. 44 of them are ready to leave, and we are working uh, to uh, effectuate uh, their departure. Does the number one nation on earth beg a bunch of goat herders in Afghanistan for our citizens back? Or does the number one nation on earth tell, deliver me my citizens back or you're all going to die? That's what the number one nation on earth does. Do you think China would get on their knees and beg the Taliban to return 175 Chinese citizens to them? No, they wouldn't. Because China's interested in being number one. Uh, you know what? Maybe I spoke too soon, though. Maybe we shouldn't go in there guns blazing to get our people back, being as how the Taliban still have over $7 billion in our military equipment. They're shooting our M4s and flying our helos around still. Oh, and did I mention, did I mention that China has already obviously declared war on this nation in various ways? Not open war, of course. They traffic in fentanyl. They're spying on you while you watch your TikTok videos. Here's the TikTok CEO. We, we rely on global interoperability, and we have employees in China. So, yes, the Chinese engineers do have access to global data. They have access to global data. Uh, we have heard. Not concern. storage. No, storage has always been in Virginia and Singapore. The, the physical service. You have no access to storage, to American data today. That's not what I said. I said. So you do have access to American data, and you have storage of American data. The... American data has always been stored in Virginia and Singapore in the past. And access of this is on an as-required basis as by engineers globally, who? by engineers for business purposes. By engineers? This is a private company. By dance? By dance. Uh, the Communist the, uh, Party? No, no. Why? But, how can you say that? This is a, if this they is have a access. private business. This is a private business. All those videos you watch with your kids and share with your buddies. Oh my gosh, look at this dog on TikTok. They've stored all your data. They know everything about you. The Chinese Communist Party knows your likes, your dislikes, your video preferences. And maybe it's time to ask just how many United States of America politicians are already bought off by the Communist Party. Here's Democrat. Why the hysteria and the panic and the targeting of TikTok.
You know, Robert, I just realized something. Republicans ain't got no swag. That's why they want to ban, ban TikTok. <laughs> Republicans ain't got no swag. That's the problem. Good grief. You know what? We're going to talk to a brigadier general about this and more. Get some, we're going to pick his brain a little bit. We'll talk about it next. Let's talk about something else. You know that every single morning, the wife makes me and the boys a smoothie. Why? Well, because that's the only way I'm going to get any vitamins, vitamins and minerals the way I eat. So she has to make sure I get those. I need those. You know that your dog needs vitamins and minerals too, right? Your dog needs probiotics. Your dog needs digestive enzymes. And your dog doesn't get any of that from his dog food. Dog food is dead. Everything in it's dead. Now, you don't have to change your dog's food. But if you want a healthier puppy, my dog doesn't have digestive issues anymore. Dogs live longer. Dogs get less lethargic. But you want to see a better dog and have him around longer? Start putting rough greens on your dog's food. It's a natural, all natural. It's a supplement. You just pour it right on the food. You're going to see a difference in your dog, and you're going to see it fast. Go to roughgreens.com jesse. They're giving out free jumpstart trial bags. All you pay for is the shipping. Roughgreens.com jesse, all right? We'll be back. A poem, one today, says, And always one moon, like a silent drum, tapping at every rooftop and every window on every, in, of every county, country. Let me start this over again. I'm getting so intimidated by you being here. <laughs> and always one moon, like a silent drum, tapping on every rooftop and every window of one country, county, county. Joining me now, Brigadier General Anthony J. Tata, author of the book Total Empire. Uh, General, honestly, we play these clips a lot, and everyone gets a good laugh out of them. We do, too. But the truth is, these things matter, because Xi Jinping watches when the president speaks, and Vladimir Putin watches, and the, the Ayatollah watches. And now we have these countries coming together, and we just look weak and inept and dumb, and it does matter. Yeah, it absolutely matters, Jesse. Uh, great to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Uh, you know, the Kim Jong-un watches too. And, and what you've got is Russia, China, Iran, North Korea, all coalescing together. And uh, which I reference actually in Total Empire, it's all about China's drive to hegemony. And, and when you think about what Xi is doing here, talking to Russia, he's 100% messaging that he's the 800-pound gorilla in the world now not the United States. He's got the fastest growing economy in the world now, not the United States. He's the one who is building an alliance that is a formidable alliance that will, uh, it's, whose intent is to counter U.S. presence and operations around the world and to begin to shape economic outcomes in China's favor, not in the United States' favor. And so weak economy under this administration uh, weakening military, we can't even meet our recruitment goals, and and now what what we see is a uh, coalition forming that uh, is sole purpose is to counter U.S. interests around the globe. 
To say nothing of the fact the U.S. Navy's rusting out from underneath us. General, can you help us understand, because we don't know what you know, help us understand how formidable that alliance is. We don't understand the military capabilities of, mm -hmm. of China or China and Russia or China and Russia and Iran. Half the people in this country think Iran's still living in mud huts. Like, we don't understand what this alliance means. Can they challenge us? What, what does it mean? What are they? Uh, well, uh, it, they absolutely can challenge us. And so just think of it in terms of, I, I think most of us remember the Reagan years, the Soviet Union, and, and the Reagan strategy to defeat communism, uh, which was important for our vital interests around the world, uh, was to uh, use the bank, the good economy that he developed, to create a 500-ship navy, to create a 500,000-person uh, army, increase the size of the Marine Corps, I know what you served in, and and uh, the Air Force. And so we bankrupted the Soviet Union to the point that they broke, and uh, the Iron Wall came down, the Iron Curtain came down, and uh, those countries uh, went ahead and uh, seceded essentially from the Soviet Union and freedom broke out everywhere. Now you think about our economy uh, stumbling a little bit and uh, Russia uh, bogged down in Ukraine, uh, running out of people, running out of equipment, and then China with their rapid growing, uh, rapidly growing economy coming in to backstop them, that's a, that's a never ending flow of money and arms and supplies. And it's almost like a reverse Cold War strategy where China and Russia are going to try to do to us what we did to the Soviet Union. That's how scary this is, quite frankly. Can you, can you help me understand what does China gain? I understand what Russia gains, but as you mentioned, man, they're, they're, they're taking it on the chin right now. Even if they're winning, they're losing a lot of men, a lot of manpower. This has got to be costing them a fortune. What I don't quite see is what does China gain from saddling up with Russia right now? Yeah, so uh, we list China as the number one adversary in our national defense strategy, which which I managed when I was uh, performing the duties of the Undersecretary of Defense. And so China, and, and, and it could just, just be all a information campaign, right? You know, that conversation that Putin and Xi had on the way out uh, you're you're my best friend. Uh, we're doing something that's never been done before in the last hundred years. All of that, you know, they knew the cameras were there, the microphones were there. It could just be messaging, uh, and and information warfare is a part of warfare. But let's assume, and you always have to worst case your enemy. Let's just assume that uh, it's it's real. They're going to provide economic support. They're going to provide provide arms and ammunition. They get to begin to deplete us in this reverse Cold War strategy where we pour more arms, more ammunition, more treasure, uh, hopefully not uh, blood and treasure, but uh, more of everything into Ukraine. We become myopically focused on Ukraine. Meanwhile, uh, that's beginning this death by a thousand cuts strategy that China supporting Russia uh, gets us sucked into all of that. And then they walk over and they go take Taiwan in a very soft manner, like they did Hong Kong. That's a very plausible uh, strategic chess move here. And it's worth it to them to give some arms and ammunition and money to Russia to soften up our focus on Taiwan. 
There is another, well, John Kirby was asked about North Korea because I want to ask you about it. Here's a little clip. Kim Jong-un ordered to be ready for a nuclear attack at any time. Do you think North Korea's nuclear attack is imminent? We watch it as closely as we can. Uh, there's no indications or no information at this time that would lead us to believe that some sort of uh, actual uh, strike by uh, North Korea is imminent. I'm not worried about North Korea striking us, although maybe I should be. But what I can understand is what is this group of nations, what do they get out of North Korea? They're not powerful economically. They kind of suck economically. I have serious mm -hmm. questions about how powerful their military is. What do they bring to the table? Are they just the junkyard dog mm -hmm. that China enjoys having on the leash? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That, uh, that's how I would describe it, Jesse. They're a junkyard dog. They, they um, uh, are, are a stick in the eye of the United States. Uh, they, they have this capability to launch some uh, missiles over Japan, grab some headlines, and so China can dial them up and say, and it's kind of like the Russia strategy, uh, catch the attention of the United States here a little bit and, and uh, d dilute their focus. What China's strategy here is get get us keep us focused on everything but them, and 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 quite frankly, I think it's working because this uh, religion of uh, diving deep deep into Ukraine uh, in our media and in our in, in this administration uh, is is dangerous. Uh, we have to be there in NATO. We have to support NATO. Um, I, you know, I support doing all of those things. I don't support putting boots on the ground in Ukraine. Obviously, we do um, a, an annual exercise in, in South Korea, and that, that's that got North Korea spinning up, you know, testing some, some missiles, uh, you know, uh, putting out press releases about their 800,000 person army ready to fight the United States. So every March, uh, we do this annual exercise in the Republic of Korea, South Korea, and I think that gets North Korea's um, anxiety level up and they start putting out press releases and, and launching a few missiles. Figures. The book is Total Empire General. Thank you for giving us some time. Yeah, thank you, Jesse. All right. We talk a lot about us. What's going on across the pond? Talk to someone from the UK here in a second. Now, I don't need to explain to you where we are financially. You know. You know about the banks collapsing. You know about the deep recession we are going into and going into quickly. You know about inflation. You know all these things. You, you buy eggs. You know. Have you taken any steps to protect yourself? Oxford Gold is how you protect yourself. Consider it a shield for the money you've worked so hard for. Do you have it in your 401k and IRA? Man, please tell me you have Oxford Gold in your 401k and IRA to protect you from how far that thing can drop. Do you have gold and silver coins in your physical possession? If God forbid, it really, really goes bad out there. You know you're going to need those to purchase goods and services, right? Need those. And it's not like they're ever going to go to waste. They don't expire. Pass them down to your children and their children. Then they may. You might save your grandchild's life one day. Call Oxford Gold now. 833-995-GOLD. All right? 833-995-GOLD. 
We'll be back. So during Women's History Month, we celebrate and we honor the women who made history throughout history, who saw what could be unburdened by what had been. <laughs> Talks like this. Joining me now, Connor Tomlinson, writer and presenter at LotusEaters.com. Carter, all right, you're from the UK. I'm in America. I need to know, do the women in the UK abuse the word literally like American women do? Because American women cannot get through a sentence without using the word a thousand times. And now this is spread to half the men in our society. They literally have to use Every single sentence has to have this word in it. Is this a thing in the UK? I mean, the bar is quite low with the predictive chat text bot that is your vice president, Jesse. But yeah, unfortunately, quite a few things have been exported to the UK, including the politics of California. We haven't just adopted the, the valley girl vernacular way of speaking over here with literally and like every other word. But it's quite funny. Jordan Peterson recently took a look into what one of the main predictors of social justice and progressive politics were. What, what kind of personality type you have to have to adopt them. One of the things was low verbal intelligence. And I think the reason you see this, the reason why when women who are on the left, like Kamala Harris, often try to speak authentically and they trip themselves up with literally and like and all these sorts of platitudes, but they fortunately can rattle off all the phobes and isms that they're going to call you like it's some kind of NPC script, is because for people who aren't very good at talking on their feet, who aren't that fast thinkers, it's fantastic to have all that received wisdom from the left all of these talking points, all of these words that suddenly put them on the right and moral side of an argument. So I think they're actually very well linked of not being that bright and not being that authentic in conversation, but oh, it's just great to hit you with all the woke buzzwords. Yeah, they're like, more like robots than human beings. So look, you talk about the assault on motherhood. I'll tell you what, I see that all over the place here. You see housewives insulted all the time and women who are housewives oftentimes will be sheepish about bringing it up well i'm just a housewife when did all this start when did we start dogging on housewives well i think that's fairly recently throughout history if you look at uh, mary harrington's written about this very well and we're going to be talking to her soon on the show she's part of a constituency called the reactionary feminists and these are a group of women who have now reached the matriarchal stage and gone well in my youth i feel aggrieved by the sexual revolution so they look back in history and they go all of a sudden women flooding the workforce and obeying a boss under floodlights to input data into spreadsheets and ultimately never get a gold watch when they retire somehow that being empowering rather than submitting to a husband who's going to take care of you and having a family, that idea being oppressive, that's a very recent invention. Years before the 1950s, years before Simone de Beauvoir emerged from the ether and gave us the feminist Bible that was the second sex that said that we should model all of society in the West on the Soviet Union, have abortion up until birth, have it so that every woman's in the workforce and destroy the nuclear family to destroy patriarchy. Well before that, men and women actually cooperated throughout all of human history. So if the man was doing the heavy agricultural work, the woman would be weaving at home and baking bread, and both of them would be taking care of their kids. You know, things were cooperative. They weren't just this weird conspiracy of patriarchy that somehow predates our ability to speak each other's languages or or write letters or or have telephones, but also all somehow every single country around the world 
just conspired to oppress women arbitrarily. It's a nonsensical narrative which denigrates the very empowering and very worthwhile thing that women can do, unique to women. I know we can't define them in this day and age, but having children. Unfortunately, over in the UK, considering we just spoke about um, how language patterns are terrible over here, well, policy is terrible over here as well. And I know you have your rhino Republicans, but we have a party in government called the Conservatives that are entirely conservative in name only. I think there's only about five decent politicians off the back of my hand I could name. And unfortunately, the government has just bring forth their spring budget because like you in the US, our government is destroying the economy. And they thought, you know what's a great idea for, for children that have just been locked down for two years, who have seen teachers over Zoom or wearing masks so their verbal development skills are screwed up? Why don't we not only try and ban homeschooling, but we also take them completely out of the care of their parents at age one and two and have the state subsidized childcare for 30 hours a week? What the attitude that's sent out by supposedly conservative government there is no different than the communists and the feminists of the last century. That is that motherhood is a temporary inconvenience, a small impediment to women all being in the workforce at once, and it should be minimized to the point of eradication. So unfortunately, motherhood is an excellent thing that we should be promoting. But governments, the neoliberals, the conservatives in the UK, and the feminists and the communists have the same goal. It's complete abolition. Connor, a lot of people think this stuff is new, and really a lot of this stuff just comes straight from the horse's mouth, right from Karl Marx's mouth. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Marx and Engels decided in the Communist Manifesto to say that all children should be raised in common. Um, Engels wrote a long treatise on how the family itself is a bourgeois construction to transmit false consciousness down the ages, and so to ensure that property is always never held in common, always unequally distributed through the right of, of hereditary passing. So they wanted to abolish all laws, all property, and the family, and also Christianity, of course. It's no coincidence that Marx, in critique of the Gotha program, writes out his little maxim, from each according to his ability, to each according to his need. Lots of people don't know that's actually an inversion of Matthew 25. It's a direct subversion of Christian principles, because the Christian nuclear family and free exchange and free enterprise, which is our right, was the one thing standing in the way of Marxist revolution. And unfortunately, lots of people in contemporary society are doing their due diligence to get rid of those bulwarks. But Marx was a plagiarist as well. He parasitized Mary Wollstonecraft, who said that property was the devil. He stole straight from Rousseau. That's why um, the end of the Communist Manifesto, the workers who have nothing to lose but their chains, is actually stealing from a line from the start of Rousseau's the social contract. And Rousseau was equally as terrible to his children as Marx was. But Rousseau had this balmy belief that he based his entire idea of a totalitarian general will propertyless state on, which was the state of nature. Now, lots of liberal philosophers, including Locke, who contributed to setting up the United States ideologically, had this bad idea, which has now been disproven. But Rousseau thought, based on the sort of Native American model, that before civilization existed, before it all oppressed us, before we were forced to be together and do things like have houses, we just roamed around in nature, which naturally provided, and we weren't getting eaten by bears at all, and we didn't have relationships. Everyone was naturally polyamorous. So every single person was in a giant open-air commune and in a polycule thruple. Um, does that sound like the modern left to you? Because it seems like, to me, the cultural disintegration we're all experiencing is a product of ideas that have been gone for hundreds of years. Speaking of cultural denigration, the endless LGBTQ filth that has filled up the West, it's really sad how it has taken over the West. 
I actually call my country the U.S. of gay now, because it's very clearly the new national religion. Is it the same thing over there in the U.K.? Unfortunately so. We have this iconic thing called Regent Street, and it's a really long, beautiful architectural marvel in the middle of London. And usually we have the Union Jack flying over it. We've got rows and rows of them. And every June, that and the outside of Wembley Stadium as well looks like an occupied territory. We literally look like we've been colonized because they have started, they've gone away with the conservative pride flag. They've gone away with the progress pride flag, which has that little weird triangle coming in from the West looking like some sort of invading party. No, now they've got the intersex pride flag because we've got to be inclusive, remember? We've got to have this infinite regression, this fractioning of identities, this creation of new grievance groups, the turtles all the way down approach to people's fetishes that is slowly eroding all of the social bonds that we have. And coming back to the Rousseau idea, all it's going to make us eventually is atomized people roaming around in a totalitarian state, but with no strong relationships to each other, because without the immediate family, we are far easier to control by a socialist government. Connor, appreciate you, man. That was outstanding. Come back. Yep, anytime. Thank you very much. You know what? We have not paid an appropriate amount of attention to Women's History Month. And next, for Lighten the Mood, we're going to give ladies a little shout-out here on the show. Before we go there, before we do that, I want you to do something for me. I want you to buy something nice for someone you love. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. It's going to be something cool. You know what dudes love? All dudes. This is universal. Gadgets. We love them. That's why we all love James Bond. You know why I love my Grip6 wallet? It's because it's it locks my cards in. It's super thin. RFID. Super thin. My cards don't come out, but I squeeze them and all my cards come popping out. It sounds small, ladies. Your man wants one of these, believe me. And he wants good socks and the best belt. And he wants to buy American. And that's what Grip6 does. Made in America, baby. Go to Grip6.com slash Jesse and get you some. They have a bunch of different designs. I like the American flag. But you can design your own. But Grip6.com slash Jesse. Go get something nice for the person in your life or yourself. We'll be back. Now, I know what you're thinking, that we haven't paid proper homage to women's history. I know that's what you're thinking. Well, I want you to know we're about to change that as we get ready to lighten the mood here, because we celebrate women here on I'm Right. We celebrate women here on the first. Now, before we celebrate women, celebrate coffee, baby. What's better than a great cup of coffee? Oh, I know what's better knowing that every time you pour yourself a coffee, you are supporting the warriors who have fought for this nation. Navy SEALs. As we speak right now, there are Navy SEALs doing things that you and I will never do and dying while they do them. It's part of the job. The bone frog is the symbol of the SEALs who gave it all. Bone frog coffee started by a SEAL. The best coffee I've ever had in my life and 10% of the proceeds go to various Navy SEAL foundations. The bone frog itself is a symbol of those who have given it all in the SEALs. I think that's freaking cool, man. I have a subscription because everyone drinks the same amount of coffee every day. So get a subscription because they're 10% off. 
Go to bonefrogcoffee.com, promo code JESSE. Gets you 10% off your subscription. You'll feel good about drinking a cup of joe in the morning. Sound good? All right. Now, we're going to pay homage to women here. Here's a woman throwing a grenade. That's it. I'll see you tomorrow. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.